0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. This is Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. Oh, my God, here we are, friends, Uh listeners. We are at the final moment of the Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs March Masters Tournament to determine... The best British band of the '80s. That's right. It's the championship round. If you are hearing this, it is on or about Friday, March 29th, and the polls will be open until the early morning of Monday, April 1st. But you're no fool, ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. And just so you know, uh, not next week, but the week after we are going to return to regularly scheduled Mast-Ass episodes, and our first episode back is going to be an episode about one of the songs from the winning band. And if you are a Patreon patron at the Madonna level or higher, just like we typically do with polls, we are going to give you the chance to vote on which one of our band's uh, winning band's songs we should discuss. So... Look forward to that. Next week, we are taking a week off because I don't think Sarah or I have any blood left in our bodies. <laughs> but uh, It's true. That, that's, our, that's our housekeeping. And Sarah, what have we got as this final face off?
0: Well, um, I am a little surprised that this happened. And initially, the arithmics had a lead. But eventually, Duran Duran uh, pulled out the victory. Uh, Pulled out. Um, Apparently, my girl Joe got my letters because she said on Twitter that she sent out the Durani signal. Um, I mean, I think that this is perfectly fitting. I would have been fine with it, Eurythmics final, too, but I really think that this is perfect. Like, I think that this is what we were, you know, we didn't manipulate the results, um, but. I think that this is sort of what we had in mind, like this very quintessential 80s British experience that is Duran Duran. Uh, But not everybody loved this matchup. Uh, Our friend Trip Payne dreaded it, in fact. And pointed out that Duran Duran's lyrics often don't make sense, which, welcome to pop music. But he asked, does anyone know what New Moon on Monday or Union of the Snake is about, really? The first one I will give him. The second one is obviously about D. <laughs>
1: Double D. Do, do we D- need squared. to have
0: the talk? Um, many commenters uh, talked about A View to a Kill, which we talked about in our Bond Songs ranking episode uh amy mk said this is her personal favorite bond song and one that gives the rather silly film it is linked to quite a boost of energy i love the eurythmics too but they never did a bond song and i have to wonder why that never happened
1: there must have been an offer on the table at some point
0: they would have done a fucking great bond song um, feel free to hit us back with any existing songs that you think should have been the Eurythmics Bond song. Um, I also got into it with Greg, who asked how many songs Aretha Franklin recorded with Duran Duran versus the Eurythmics, another song we covered. And I wondered maybe if they turned her down. Did you ever think of that? Teehee. They clearly, <laughs> clearly that did not happen.
1: And then later I jumped into that conversation with just the loving reminder that when we talked about <laughs> sisters are doing it for themselves, you basically, in, your, in a very polite way, suggested that that song, as far as you were concerned, could be shot into the sun. Yes.
0: <laughs> I, I think I felt that um, it could eat a B. Um,
1: but yeah. not a D, because that's what Union of the Snake is about. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, and in our final comment that I pulled for this section, Carrie said, I only like four Eurythmics songs and one of them is not Here Comes the Rain Again, which in my opinion and probably my opinion only is a bad song. I just don't get it. And while Annie Lennox is clearly talented and seems like a cool person, I find her quite dull, capital letters, living my truth. Okay. I guess there were more than, you know, there was more than one Carrie in the um, silent majority that voted for Duran Duran or maybe, and I've been thinking about this a lot because of what's been sort of, um, kerfuffling around the internet the last couple of days after that Jezebel article on Jagged Little Pill. I've been thinking a lot about why we treasure music and why, um, sort of perceived attacks on music that we loved as adolescents and that really meant something to us. Um, It is like, so hurtful because I don't really have any skin in the game with Jagged Little Pill. Like, I owned the album, but I was in my 20s and it didn't, like, it didn't hit on the sweet spot for me. But, um, you know, I think that this whole process is taking a lot of us back to childhood and adolescence and to treasured memories and feelings of comfort uh, that are important. And uh, while I'm up, I'd just like to thank everybody for being cool (laughs) about it and respectful and sort of understanding that this is, you know, pop music is like very meaningful and resonant beyond just the song's objective quality. And I really love that it never sort of devolved into, (laughs) no, you suck. On our Facebook page. Yeah, Um, I have
1: to say, I really think that you guys, meaning our listeners, are always really great. And the comments that you leave for us and the messages that you send us throughout the run of the podcast uh, have all been really delightful. And to see that spirit brought over into this tournament and to see everyone having a good time and to see people disagreeing disagreeing with each other in such a constructive way. I thought was really heartening and made this so much more fun. We always had a good time diving in with you because we always felt like we were all on the same page. And like Sarah said, we were keeping it cool.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, we're all having functionally the same kinds of conversations as that Jezebel article was like trying to have, but it wasn't received that way about the durability of the music that we loved when we were our younger selves. Um, and so, I mean, not that I ever doubted that um, our listeners would have uh, hilarious things to say that were still, you know, respectful while occasionally <laughs> slagging some of the weaker bands <laughs> in the tournament. But, you know, we're all we're all looking for the same thing here. And that thing is for Mark to have a spleen rupture about train and not about anything in this tournament. ha. <laughs> So, as as Duran Duran comes out of its corner wearing glittery uh, boxing trunks, um, I'm going to play a clip. I have referred to this song a number of times. (laughs) By playing a clip, I could conceivably lose this matchup for Duran Duran. I do not care. It is where I am at with this tournament and its results emotionally. And where I'm at is apparently... A lonely wheel of Stilton in glitter eyeshadow rolling glumly along the water's edge with a bunch of pamphlets for the casual sex chamber of commerce, fun-tacked to its rind. I regret nothing, but save a prayer for me, if you will, anyway. I mean, is that even an actual pan flute or is it a synthesized pan flute? I don't know. I don't care. There's just something about the like turbo cocaine plaintiveness of this track that I have always loved. Um, I think they might have used a clip of this in a Miami Vice (laughs) episode at some point, which really is everything that that you need to know about it. Um, I have really... I'm not even going to make a prediction because I have been wrong for like four rounds in a row about everything. So um, I think I'm voting for Duran Duran, but uh, they are facing a worthy opponent. Mark, please tell us more about the other challenger in this championship yes. round.
1: So our other championship contender is Tears for Fears and... This is a matchup that several people seem quite contented with. Uh, Candy Cruz, which is clearly a pseudonym because it's just Candy Crush without the H, but hey, girl, you (laughs) do you. She she writes, thrilled to see Tears for Fears in the finals. I've made my peace with the outcome, and I think it's wildly appropriate that it all comes down to Florida and Fabulous versus Sophistication Station. And I Uh agree. I think at the end of the day, when we think about the sort of two or sounds of british 80s music i think duran duran and tears for fears sum them up fairly nicely Mm, i agree and uh sarah wt writes i know that duran duran will win but i feel like tears for fears should win and i think Hmm. that's an interesting statement there seem to be a lot of people who are presuming duran duran to be the champions and i think it's because quite frankly a lot of people like Duran Duran. I don't think that they (laughs) are getting votes out of spite against their contenders. I think they're Mm. getting votes because people like their music. Um, And uh, Kit Keller also adds, looking at the final two, this seems right. If I were asked to name any two 80s bands, these two would almost certainly come to mind under the pressure of having to name stuff from a large category of things right after being challenged to do so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. That makes exact sense. Um, these are two number one seeds, so that's right.
1: Again, a testament to your seeding ability.
0: Yeah, or um, the listeners just uh, bailed me out of a jam with that. Who can say? Uh, <laughs> Could have been the arithmetic.
1: <laughs> Jamie Smith in her in her support of Tears for Fears, writes, When I was a kid, I wanted to be a goonie more than anything, uh-huh. so I would spend my time pretending that I was on treasure hunts throughout my house, and for whatever reason, every time I hear Everybody Wants to Rule the World, I am instantly brought back to a particular treasure hunting adventure that resulted in my hanging over the side of my bunk bed, a pirate ship stand-in, while this song played on the radio. And that's a pretty <laughs> great image.
0: It, and it uh, really
1: is. And then this last uh, quote that I wanted to make sure we heard, I thought was uh, quite appropriate given the clip that I have chosen to pull from Tears for Fears. Danica writes, I was all Mad World. Then my friend Jen also reminded me of the beauty that is Pale Shelter. Tears for Fears has my vote. And I will say that I did not know the song Pale Shelter until about 36 hours ago. But I am not mad about it. So this is a song from their first album. It is, I believe, one of the rare songs that um, Kurt and not Roland sings lead on. It has a really interesting music video that implies a woman in a swimming pool might get eaten by a crocodile. And uh, here (laughs) we go. Very Duran
0: Duran of them, actually. I know.
1: (laughs) So here we go. This is Pale Shelter.
0: think i ever heard that before either
1: and you know listening to it right after saver prayer it occurs to me that this could be a duran duran song pretty i easily.
0: was gonna say the same thing that vocal is so interesting because it really feels like a temp track and like uh, or like he got mixed down because it's not a terribly confident vocal but right. it was still the right choice to leave him in there versus roland who i think would have oversung it and been competing with the instrumentation. Mm. I, I don't know. Yeah, That's a good track. Good tip, y'all. Yeah,
1: it's a really good song. And uh, one of the things that's striking to me is if you hear how similar these songs sound, it may impact your vote to n- think about how different Tears for Fear sounded by the end of the 80s and their third album, Seeds of Love. Because Sowing the Seeds of Love, the big hit from that so- uh, album, Sowing the Seeds of Love has really changed the sound of the band compared to what we just heard. Also, there's a song on that album called Woman in Chains featuring Alita Adams that is the reason, honestly, that the band ended up in the Sophistication Station division. It's filled with jazzy horns and m- sort of lush arrangements, and it just sounds like something that you would hear in a tiki bar on the moon. And <laughs> I will say that I have a lot of respect for Tears for Fears, but I listened to the 20-track greatest album of Duran Duran and the, I think, 16 or 17-track Tears Roll Down greatest hits album of Tears for Fears. And pound for pound, note for note, I preferred the Duran Duran. Uh, Tears for Fears definitely pushed itself in a lot of crazy musical directions, but I feel like eventually Roland Orzabal's instincts were given too much leeway and the songs became kind of flabby and meandering and I know that there are people in our comments who have loved the song Woman in Chains but I don't and then by the 90s it was just him and Kurt was not even in the band and it was just all bets are fucking off so for just my just
0: really all sunflowers and yes. floppy hair and it's like ooh like and look just we, all, we all struggled in the 90s but yeah. no
1: So for my money, Sarah, I have to also throw my vote to Duran Duran with a definite nod to the excellence of Tears for Fears. I just feel that in terms of depth of catalog, for me, Duran Duran is superior. Uh, Again, if you put their best songs against each other, you have a really close call. But we're talking about the the great British band of the whole 80s, and I think that's when you have to start looking at some of the deeper cuts and... You know, a song like "Skin Trade" by Duran Duran is great. Oh my god, I forgot all about that song. Yeah, and that's like the seventeenth most important Duran Duran (laughs) Duran song, and it's still something I really want to listen to. Maybe
0: our um, bracket next year just needs to be all Duran Duran songs. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, just kidding! Don't talk to me about brackets for ten months. Yes, we
1: (laughs) we need to not ever think about brackets anymore in the year 2019. Mm, um, it's, it's true. W- as, as, as we've been saying, uh, Sarah and I, to each other, we have loved every second of this, and it now it needs to stop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and it, soon it will. It will. So with that, Sarah, I feel like it might be a runaway, honestly, for Duran Duran. I'm going to predict that Duran Duran gets over 65% of the vote. When all is said and done.
0: I think you could be right. I mean, my first instinct is to say that it's going to be closer, that it's going to be more like a 60-40. But I don't know. I just don't know.
1: But if nothing else, we can take shelter in pale shelter Mm. and be glad that we heard that. And I'll add that to the squeeze pile of songs from this tournament that I heard for the first time and will continue to listen to after it's over. And I will lastly say, Sarah, that it has been as ever a joy to do this project with you. The stuff we've talked about on mic and the stuff we've talked about off mic has (laughs) really made it a blast from start to finish.
0: This uh, lonely glittery wheel of Stilton feels um, much less lonely after hearing those remarks. And of course, right back at you, and listeners, thanks so much for coming on this crazy ride with us. And Voting and giving us your comments and posting hilarious um, GIFs and YouTube clips of regrettable performances on the Facebook page. You make this whole thing go, and we really appreciate it. And get voting. Facebook.com slash maskedass.podcast.
1: This is Mark and Sarah. Talk about sauce.